This week on Indivisible Westchester, the podcast, flipping a seat from red to blue. We talked to newly elected county legislator Ruth Walter and her campaign manager about her win this election season. This is Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. I'm Shannon Powell. I'm Ruth Walter. I'm Brendan Cardi. Thank you guys for being here today. Ruth, congrats on your win. Thank you. We're going to talk Thank about you. what it takes to flip a seat. Yours was one of two county legislative seats that flipped this election. Colin Smith. Yay, Colin. <laughs> one District 1. He became the first Democrat to hold that seat in nearly 50 years. So that was a tremendous, tremendous win as well. You beat Gordon Burroughs. Boo, <laughs> uh, who had been a county legislator for 14 years. Yeah. Wow. Tell us about your district. Let's start there. So District 15 is um, the village of Bronxville plus about um, a quarter of Yonkers, a very large part of Yonkers, the north part, the east part, and some of actually the west part of Yonkers. And we went everywhere. That was um, that was part of our plan, and we executed it. So this is the second time you ran. Tell me, what do you think made the difference this time around? Was it because you had experience running for this seat, or had the political environment changed? Was it a little bit of both? What's your take? So I really do think the team matters, and the team I assembled this time was fantastic. Brendan Cardi, campaign manager. Yay. Suki Van Dyke. Love Suki. Co-field director. Paul Presendia, co-field director. Um, and um, Nazish Munchenbach, who was sort of the communications person. And we basically worked together um, very well. And we did all different things. And, um, you know, that to me is the biggest part that's different this time, is that really we had a great team. Was assembling this team, was that one of the things that you learned was important running the second time around? I mean, the importance yeah. of the team and the, you know, I'm just trying to get at uh, how the team this time made a difference. Was it that you knew how to assemble a team or yeah what? I think that um, first of all when you run for office it's a lot of new things and you don't know how to prioritize what's the most important thing field is it volunteers it fundraising um, I always use the um, metaphor of an octopus okay there's eight different things you have to be doing and you're not quite sure which is the one to be doing right now um, having run in 2017 I realized like I needed a better field program I needed you know better volunteer coordinating so you know Paul and and Suki came on um, first, and then Brendan came on next. And but but just to back up a little bit, we've been working on this race since I got the nomination from Yonkers, which was like in March. Mm -hmm. So we really have been working for a long time. There was a Team A, which was a totally you know the postcards to voters, right. the petitioning, all mm -hmm. of that stuff happened. Um, and you know, but they the this, the really important crunch time was Brendan. I'll let, I'll let Brendan talk a little bit about that. Right. So tell me about the resources. I don't think that people understand the resources it takes to run a campaign, how much work it takes, how much people power, mm -hmm. like postcards and petitioning and all that kind of stuff. Can you talk about the grassroots involvement and just how much work it is and what goes into it? Yeah, sure. So first off, like the campaign's like a startup business. They have to kind of get up and running like from the get-go. And um like it starts off with just prioritizing not only like how you're gonna spend your money, but also how you're gonna spend your time and the candidate's time. And um, you know the base of that business was volunteer and recruiting, and then voter outreach. 
So that was what we tried to do like every single week, just increase those numbers of doors knocked and uh, voters um, like called. And that's where some of like um, the activist groups like Indivisible came in, did a fantastic job helping Yay. out. <clears throat> you had good union support. Great CWA. union support. Shout out to yeah. CWA, 1199, 32BJ, just a fantastic yeah, organization amazing. led by fantastic um, leaders who were so like energized and mm -hmm. like ha happy that inside to help us and we could not have done it without them and then plus uh, just a group of like volunteers of friends and neighbors who really like, just went out of their way to to like not only get involved but also tell their friends to get involved and and, mm -hmm. and spread the word because we knew that it was going to come down to just like voter turnout that was what Right, so the turnout was good. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first of all, early voting, how was that a factor? This was the first election where there was early voting. How did that make a difference? I think we won. Oh, yeah, we did. We won, we won early, vote, early, uh, early voting by about yeah. 200 and uh, I think like 50 votes. Wow. Uh, first of all, 1,200 votes were casted which mm -hmm. was in our election, which is I, I thought that was crazy. Yeah. I, I'd be happy with half of that before early voting started and it was like the ratio from Dems to Republicans like 1.6 to 1. Wow. So it shows that like... What is the breakdown of that district in registration, Democrats So the registration is 14,000 Dems, 10,000 Republicans, 8,000 unaffiliated. Interesting. Hmm. So it is the, um, I think it's the second or third most Republican district in the county. Wow. And um, it was definitely cut to be a Demo uh, sorry, a Republican district. So you can see, you know, my, my metaphor is it's like an Etch-a-Sketch in the middle of the district. It uh -huh. just goes like very um, uh, persnickety little um, changes in which is where the district is and where it isn't, um, and then sort of a broad a broad brush up the um, west side of the Bronx River Parkway, and then all the way across the northern part of Yonkers. Right. So it's just the middle that's very like you know um, uh, cut to a certain way. So early voting really helped the campaign. How did you get the word out about early voting? Um, well, we tell our volunteers, like, when you're knocking on doors, like, remind people that, like, this brand new thing and that this is available to them. And we had someone say, like, the first day of early voting, the lines were too long. Second day, it rained. And the third day, hey, I can go vote now. Like, that's the way it sort of should be. Right. And uh, so, yeah, just making sure that everyone that we were working with knew about it. So when they were engaged with voters, they could accurately you know, given the information. Now, turnout was something else this election. Looking at the numbers, it appears that turnout exceeded comparable turnout for elections during the past 20 years. I mean, it's yay! And again, for people who don't understand, this is in what we refer to as a, an off-off year, uh, an election with no big countywide, state, or federal race, no George Latimer at the top of the ticket like we had two years ago when there were other flips in the county legislature. How did you, you know, aside from early voting, how was, tell me a little bit more about how turnout was in your district. So um, in 2018, in the gubernatorial race, it was um, 19,000 in this particular district. The last off-off year, which is 2015, it was 6,300. Wow. So we went from 6,300 to 10,500. Oh. I mean, it was a huge change. And part of it, I would say, is due to all of these activist groups um, 
<clears throat> you know, up to us, indivisible, blue blast, you know, all of these people who are basically saying it's important that we vote, it's important we engage with voters and then engage with candidates so that we understand, you know, who, who we're backing in this particular um, race. So we definitely had um, excitement and enthusiasm. We had lots and lots of volunteers. The Bronxville Dems came out huge. Um, and what we're looking at now, I think, is a change in, in the way that races are run. It is, it is something where it isn't like totally weird to have somebody knock on your door and give you information about an upcoming race. Mm -hmm. We hope to build on that for obviously next year. Um, next, next year is uh, 2020 is a big, um, a big election. Also the census. You know, these Huge, are things right? we are learning how to do. And mm -hmm. when I say we, I mean people who live in Westchester who really want to see good government, you know, responsive government good issues and good laws and active civic participation yeah. I mean I almost feel like I get blue in the face the, with the messaging that every election matters yeah. every vote counts you just can't wait for the big year 2020 the big dance as I call it you know you have to really be engaged and that has always been a challenge for Democrats so it's good to see that that trend at least seems to be changing or did change this past election um, what were people saying when you were knocking doors was the number one issue on their mind? You know, I think the county is a little bit of a mystery to many, many voters. I mean, I know what it does now, but, you know, 20, 2010, I, I, I have to confess I didn't know what the county does. So a lot of it is education at the door. You know, did you know it's a $2 billion budget, for example? That usually gets people's attention, uh -huh. um, especially also on train platforms when people are going to work and they realize that this is actually a big part of um, their government. And what I would talk about at different in different doors is what is what would you like to see differently about your local government and there are micro issues you know that you know there's a tree that looks like it's gonna fall there's a pothole you know these are things that they want fixed right mm -hmm. most of that is city government um, especially in Yonkers um, but you know when we talk about flooding we talk about small business development especially on Central Park Avenue we talk about gun safety those are my platform mm -hmm. um, um, planks and I feel like people were very responsive because so that they, resonated they really it, we found things that looked like they'd been neglected because they had been and so when you want somebody who's there who's working really hard for you who's going to show up who's going to work on these issues you can say look at what's going on right now look at what you've been looking at for the last 14 years you know what has been better what has been made better by my opponent and and the answer was not much so it was a good way to get people to say oh I want something better um, what about what about you did you hear anything different on the on the doors no a lot of the same I'd also go around and even to some of like the the more redder parts of the district and just say like uh, this is local government like you know, can you name your, your local legislator? And answer was mostly no. And then it would be like, well, he's been in office for a number of years, so perhaps it's time for a change. And then I'll tell, tell them about Ruth and, and her her past and, and what she's hoping to accomplish, some of the stuff she just mentioned. And that usually be enough to at least say, okay, I'll think about it. There seemed to be a lot of energy, even when I was phone banging for you the night before the election, when I was calling people and it was really interesting that people seemed excited to vote and you don't always get that before yeah. the night before an election i mean you know i've done a lot of this before and sometimes people are like yeah i know but <laughs> <laughs> okay stop calling me but it was really like yep i'm there i got you know it, okay. and and i i i at least felt good for you so so this isn't a total shock and surprise to me at least with you know we were calling we were calling supporters at that point but 
again, there was an enthusiasm that was quite interesting, I found. How much do you think Trump was a factor in the election, if at all? I'm going to go ahead and say Trump was not a big factor. And I think we had a choice to make. Like, do we make him a, a, yeah, a part of a messaging program? Do we make Trump a big factor? And we talked about it, and we came up with the idea that Trump is distracting, that we have an issue-based campaign, we have a good candidate, we have like real like problems with the guy in office, and that's enough. Once we bring in Trump, then it's he just it's the most distracting word in the English language. <laughs> right. Right. So that's for sure. And that's it's also an understatement. Russell, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And we're also trying to appeal to some some voters, you know, reach across the aisle and grab some Republican voters um, that you know like our messaging and like Ruth. So we didn't want to risk alienating them. So mm -hmm. yeah, we we don't think he was too much of a uh, of a of a issue. But you know, then again, you don't know how each person votes. It's up to, up to the individual. Right, but it speaks to that if you have a good candidate and a good message, you can win an election. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I also think that you know when people are waiting to see a change at the national level, well, what can they do? They can do something locally, you know? And so the the, the frustration that people have felt, and it was generally sort of like, well, you know, we gotta do something, you know, next year, but right now, this is what I can do. Right. Um, it was it was subtle. It wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot coming back at us. Like, Interesting, you know, yeah. This is gonna relate to the, to the national level. Right. So Ruth, I saw you were at a budget meeting earlier this I week was. getting ready. Yay. Okay, all, all of the Ruth newly elected up. legislators were. Uh, <laughs> That's yes. my hashtag. So right? yeah, I love, love it. This stuff. So what do you look forward to doing once you're sworn in? So, you know, I have an environmental platform that I think is really strong. Um, I think we need to do small things that people can see visible change. Um, and we want to make sure that the rivers are cleaner and that our air is being monitored. I want to work on those issues. Um, I also want to do small business development and small business, um, you know, uh, encouragement. Because and you are a small business owner. I am a small owner, business owner. owner. Yes, uh -huh. I have a store in Bronxville. I've been there 10 years with my husband and my family. And, you know, what we have done, I think others can do, and it, it is the generator of new jobs, right? It's it's when you have a great idea and you want a space to, you know, to promote that idea. Um, and so there's those are two things I want to do right away, is get involved um, with, you know, the Office of Sustainability, Peter McCart, um, all the great groups that are, yes, like Peter, hey, Peter, all the great groups that are, that are looking at our watershed um, and making sure that we have, you know, wetlands restoration. I want to get to work on um, small community-based things that people can do. I know Scarsdale gives out rain barrels. Mm -hmm. We just had a flash flood on the Bronx River Parkway. Two cars were submerged. I put up this video. It was shocking to me that we have, <laughs> you know, we don't have a solution for that yet. Right. Um, and I think they've been proposed, you know, we need a culvert. Uh, redesign you know the, a lot of things have been looked at but we need to actually implement the the because you know climate change is um you know going to make these things more and more drastic these solutions aren't going to yeah fix them i mean these problems aren't going to fix themselves what final question what advice would you have for someone who wants to run for office get a great campaign manager <laughs> <laughs> get a great team um but you also did a good job of being out in the community. I yes. mean, even in between elections, yeah. you showed up to things. And I think that being a part of the community, you can't underestimate that. I think that connection to your community is the number one reason that people are happy with their local officials. You know, if you are coming to the, you know, 
um, the library, you're coming to the, you know, the opening of a gallery, you are basically saying this matters to me, the community matters to me. There's so many great groups that are doing work for the betterment of their community and that's those are the people you want to connect with because they already have solutions for the problems that they see and so you want to amplify those solutions you want to implement those solutions you want to say let's do that mm -hmm. um, it's not about having all the best ideas it's about connecting to people who know their communities who know their issues and saying how can we put that into place and that's something I hear so many times from candidates and elected officials. They often will say, look, the best ideas don't come from me. They come from listening to people. I think, right, that is a very important point. As a campaign manager, what would you say to somebody who is wanting to run for office? I would say, one, be prepared to spend a lot of hours, <laughs> like meeting a lot of different people. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of time spent away from your family and, and just it's a lot of work. And two, be prepared to be second-guessed on everything you do. And, you like, I would say stick to your guns. If you're running, it's probably because you're running for you know, reasons and issues you believe in. So, you know, just when you have an idea, just stick to it. Great. Thank you so much for coming in. Ruth, congratulations. Thank you. Do you, you know when much. your swearing-in day is? It should be the first week of January. Excellent. Can't All right. Wait. We'll be there. Okay. Yay! Thanks for listening to Indivisible Westchester, the podcast. Proud member of the Demcast Network. Find us online at indivisiblewestchester.org, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Most importantly, keep on resisting.